Welcome to Dear Bianca. Test one, two, test one, two. Let's go, bitch. <laughs> Lindsay. Yes. You're fucking here. I am in New York City. Let's go. Let's fucking go. I missed you. I missed you. It's been a long six months. It's been a long six months. This mm-hmm. is your second time in New York? Fourth. In a year. Oh, why did I think Since it was your April second? 6th of last year. Okay. Because maybe it's only been five months, but it's been a minute since I've seen you. You know, the other day I was thinking, I was like, how did Lindsay and I even meet? When you reached out to me to be on the podcast. Um, that was a long time ago. That was in like sep- September, maybe, of last year or early October. And then I told you I was coming here for Fletcher for a Halloween concert. And you told me you had an extra ticket. So mm. you took me. That, it's, all, it's all coming back yeah. to me. And then we went out for a drink. That was a good time. Yeah, but we couldn't film right then because you were busy. We couldn't record the podcast. Okay. Yeah. Let's just tap into that Fletcher concert for a second. The time of my life. The was- woman that tried to kill me. Okay, wait. So okay. just for perspective, Lindsay and I went to the Fletcher concert together. We were a few rows behind the front of the stage. Yeah, probably like six to eight rows back. You needed to be at the front. Because I was a mic stand. And I needed Fletcher to see me because I had told her I was going to be a mic stand. And just for anyone who, one, doesn't know Fletcher, and two, understand why Lindsay dressed up as a microphone stand, it's because Fletcher straddles her microphone stand. She rides that microphone stand. (laughs) She kicks it. She drags it. And I want to be it. You know? (laughs) Anything that she does to that mic stand, you wanted her to do to you that night. So Lindsay desperately wanted to get to the front of the stage. And she's like, should we go? Should we go? I'm like, listen, you go up. I'm not trying to start any fights because we know how Fletcher fans are. We know how Fletcher fans could be. Not all, but some of them can be a little wild. So I was like, you go up. And then, you know, if you meet someone and they're like, cool with me standing next to you, let me know. Lindsay goes up all the way to the front of the stage and along her way to the front of the stage, you literally told everyone, my friend Bianca's going to come. My friend Bianca's going to come. Yeah. 15, 20 minutes later, you're like, come to the front. So as I'm walking towards you, there are random people I've never met in my life. And they're like, are you Bianca? Are you Bianca? Everybody was like, are you Bianca? Like, I made you famous in that five I was minutes. like, who the fuck are you and why do you know my name? <laughs> people were up- like yelling, Bianca! Yeah, people were literally chanting Bianca and I'm like, oh my God, please do not do this. This is embarrassing. I got close I need- to the front. Okay. I'm five foot two for reference, so I'm a shorty. And there was two girls that were like six foot plus in front of me. I didn't really care. I literally just said, hey, how tall are you? Like conversation here. Just making some light conversation while we're waiting for Fletcher to come on. And her sister turns around to me and said, what the fuck did you ask my sister? And she's like, you need to back the fuck up. And she's like, you need to go back to where you came from. I thought she was going to punch me. And I was like, I was just asking your sister how tall she was. I don't deserve to be beat up for that. I was not prepared for that. 
Like I was not for down, like, like the angry fan. Yeah, like I just don't understand why people elevate to that level of needing to physically fight someone or like right. I don't even know why people talk shit to each other honestly to strangers. It just right. doesn't make fucking sense to me. So I just feel like I blacked out while that was happening and it I'm like don't crazy. worry. I was scared. I was like shaking. Like I've said before, you mix the alcohol, you mix the excess, and you add Fletcher signing tits. It gets dangerous. But we're here for it. We love a good wild card. I'm here for the drama. So after the concert, we went to Cubbyhole. Good time. We were there for literally seven minutes. And Lindsay's like, I'm leaving. I'm going to meet Fletcher. I was like, yo, we literally were just there. Can you sit down for fucking five minutes? She saw me and she's like, Mike, stand. And she came over and I was like, well, you just touch it. (laughs) And she did. I put it on TikTok and it blew up. I'm so happy for you. you Just living the dream. Made your day. Good. All right. So for those of you who don't know Lindsay or you haven't seen her content before, correct me if I'm wrong, but the turning point of your social media content rising came from your infamous are you gay I don't even want to say a skit a video <laughs> like, like yeah, just you're, me asking people if they're gay can you give me some background into mm-hmm. how that started yes so a year ago today I went to my very first Fletcher concert in Chicago and I was recently out I had only been dating women for four months at that point I discovered Fletcher, I guess you could say I like discovered her and I went to this concert and I had never been in a space where there were pretty much just mainly queer people. And I was like, I think we are all lesbians here. And I get like so excited. I'm from Indiana. There are not lesbians there. If there are, I haven't met them. And to be in a pretty much 90% queer space, just magical feeling. And so I was pretty intoxicated and I asked everybody if they were gay around me. And to my surprise, actually, the the group I was standing by, five or six of them were straight. People were like giving me funny looks and one woman wasn't too happy that I asked. Maybe I was a little bit rude, but I was drunk again. (laughs) Maybe I was a little bit rude. Like a little bit. But anyway, I posted that on TikTok, but I had only had TikTok for a couple months at that point. It might have been one of my very first TikTok videos and it got like a thousand views. I don't know. But then I went to my third Fletcher concert at a outdoor festival in Kentucky. And I did it again. I just asked everybody if they were gay and everybody was. Everybody was gay in that video. And I posted it on Memorial Day on TikTok. And I think because Pride Month was like three days away that it just took off and people started using the sound. And then Fletcher put it on her Instagram and then she used the sound king princess used the sound and so it really blew up and i would say that's definitely when i started getting more followers my content is only lesbian content but then majority of my content is fletcher content i know you faced some backlash for asking people if they were gay out in a public space like Mm -hmm. at this concert Mm -hmm. and I understand both views and I think you and I had a conversation about this in the past but I do want to address it just in case you know there are people who are still siding with the fact that you're an asshole for doing shit like that but I understand both perspectives 
I get that you're coming from a genuine, fun, loving, exciting place. Mm -hmm. You're not asking people if they're gay to cause problems or to out anyone, right? Right, right. But it's also such a sensitive topic or issue for some people and it is real life where they don't want to be out on TikTok if one of their friends or family members acquaintances comes across it right what would you say to those people now that may not fuck with you doing that yeah I mean the first two times that I did it I didn't ask permission but then I did start asking for permission I was like hey I'm gonna make a video Is everybody cool with it? And I remember being here. I went to Brooklyn for Fletcher's release of her album signing. And there were people that said, no, like I'm from Missouri or Alabama or somewhere. I'm not comfortable being on it. So I did ask and I wouldn't include those people. And then I made a video at a lesbian bar and somebody commented like, hey, can you take that down? And I did. I have no problem with that. I'm coming from a place of excitement because being from Indiana, like I've already said, you just don't get to be around this many queer, mainly lesbian women. So it's exciting for me. I love it. Going back a few years, Mm -hmm. you were not always gay or you were at least not always openly gay. You were married to a man for several years. Nine. Nine long. Tell me about that. Yeah, so growing up in a one-stoplight town in Indiana, conservative, Christian, I knew from a very young age that I liked girls and probably knew that before I even knew that I liked boys, but I would never talk to anybody about it. And then in high school, I had two cousins that were queer, and so I talked to them about my feelings towards women. That was probably the first time like I was in love with girls in high school. I, there was this one girl from church camp that I was obsessed with. <laughs> church camp. I wore her like little bracelet that said her name on my wrist. And I did like subtle things, but I never would have come out. I never would have dreamed of coming out. When you say subtle things, mm-hmm. like what do you mean? I wore shoes that had rainbow laces or I had a rainbow cross <laughs> hanging from my car window. Like... The mirror, the rear view mirror. So if there were rainbow things, I would wear those. And that was intentional. Mm -hmm. That was your secret way of coming out. Or Or like just being proud of who I was quietly. Okay. Yeah. So I would have never come out in high school. Went to college at Indiana University. It's a really big school. And I was like, I will definitely meet a woman here and I will be a lesbian. Well, this was in 2006 to 2010. There were not dating apps. We had Facebook and MySpace. So I didn't have a way of meeting a queer person. There was this one dorm called Collins and you had queers that lived there. But like, I don't know if I met with one and I am into feminine women. These were not feminine lesbians. I didn't know those existed. And so I just kept doing my thing. Then I joined a sorority with fear that maybe I would get kicked out if I came out. And so I never told anybody. I had never even seen a girl naked until December of 2021. So throughout college, Mm -hmm. you never dated a woman. Or a man. Did you drunkenly make Never had it, no. But you were so confident that you were a lesbian. Absolutely. 
So how the fuck do you end up with a man? What happens next? Yes. So my ex-husband, we went to high school together and we were boyfriend and girlfriend in elementary. I did always find him attractive. So we connected right before my senior year of college. And then I like went out with him and I was like, I'm probably going to marry him. On our second date, I knew I could tolerate him. We were very opposite personality wise. So my relationship with him allowed me to do a lot of things that I wanted to do. And I was attracted to him. I think he's an attractive man. Physically. Physically. When Not sexually. Okay, so I don't know if that's different, but I don't think I had a sexual attraction towards him. Okay, so physically you can confirm like, oh, he's a handsome dude. Mm -hmm. I don't want to speak for all women, but I think women who are confident in their sexuality Mm -hmm. and like, I'm just going to speak for my fucking self. Yeah, go ahead. Go (laughs) ahead. I feel so confident in my sexuality and I genuinely know who I am and I know that I can openly address if I find a male attractive, mm-hmm. like there are dudes where I'm like, oh, they're, they're so handsome or a friend will show me a picture. Like, do you think he's good looking? And I'm like, yeah, he's great looking. Do I have any interest in fucking them? Do I have any interest in making out with them? No. Right. So you think your husband's physically attractive. Mm-hmm. And he's a, he was a really good guy. Very hard worker, got along well with others. We had a lot of the same values at the time because we were from the same small town. So yeah, I was like, why not? Like a quality guy. Yeah, yeah. When you would guy. have sex with him, were you ever into it? Oh no, no. He, I'm sure he's been with plenty of women since, and would tell you it's the worst sex of his life. <laughs> so you were. Oh, absolutely. I I can tell you right now it was the worst sex of his life. It could not be better than what I was able to provide him because I'm a lesbian. I couldn't even fake it. So I lost my virginity to him months after I graduated college. Like I was holding out because I was a Christian and I just didn't want to have sex with a man. But I was like, I'll wait until marriage. And then we ended up having sex. And I called my mom five minutes after I hop off his dick. We were naked in bed. And I said, mom, I just lost my virginity. And she said, I don't believe you. Put him on the phone. And I give him the phone. And he and she was like, did you really just have sex with Lindsay? And he was like, yes. And she's like, you know, Lindsay's a lesbian, right? And I'm mortified because I had never told my mom. But like moms know because I was crying over women all the time. And she would introduce me as her lesbian daughter to her friends. But I never had the chance to come out to her. I literally am speechless so much just happened in a span of like 45 seconds I don't even know where the fuck to begin Lindsay I told my mom everything that except for I was a lesbian in which she just picked up on okay wait I was naked in bed calling my mom no, on my I see, like, phone. I can't believe that shit. Like I, That's true. Well, no, I believe it. And <laughs> I, I have friends who are so open mm-hmm. with their moms or their parents, whomever. I never had that type of relationship with my mom. So like the shit I did, no fucking way am I calling her and telling her. So I just want to rewind really quick. Okay. You're dating your ex-husband at the time. Mm -hmm. And this is my only boyfriend that I'd ever had. Right. Okay. So you're- My only relationship. Right. So you're literally a lesbian your whole life. Then get into your first relationship with a man, Mm -hmm. AKA everything opposite of everything you've ever wanted or believed in. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have that conversation with him before you got married to say- No, never. 
I mean, just the subtle hints that my mom would make or my cousin who I came out to early high school, maybe even middle school. She would always say, well, Lindsay's a lesbian. But people would joke around about that. What would he say? I think he would just like laugh it off. I'm sure he's thinking like, why would she be with me if she was? But did he ever come to you and ask like, no, why is everyone saying that you're a lesbian? Like, are you a lesbian? Well, and we got married in 2012. And in 2013, I came to him and I said, and I remember like this was December. I could, I can tell you exactly how I said it. I remember it so vividly, but I was just like, hey, I think I like girls. And he was like, I know, I think you just like want more friends because I am the most social person that I know. And I was like, okay, valid. And he was like, well, and you would never go down on a girl. And I truly believed him because I was so insecure about my own body. And that wasn't something that I allowed him to do with me that I probably like felt disgusted by thinking about doing that with a woman. And I was like, you're right. I'm probably not gay. And then I would talk to my friends. They would complain. They're like, I don't like having sex with my husband or like, we're so tired. We have kids, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm probably not gay. Like nobody likes having sex with their husbands. I'm embarrassed at how bad I was at sex <laughs> with him. Shut the fuck up. It was yeah. – Okay, so you never told him. And then when you and finally – you try to come out and have that open conversation, mm-hmm. his response to you makes you believe that, okay, maybe he's right. Yeah. Maybe I'm not a lesbian. Yeah. I'm assuming – and correct me if I'm wrong – but no matter what people tell you, they're still – That genuine soul part of you that will forever be there. So that continued to speak to you. Oh, yeah. Looking back, any sex dream I've ever had has been with, with women. And I would only have girl crushes. There was a time that I met a girl... The summer after I graduated college, we went on on a vacation to St. Martin and we would take naps together. And I had this whole feeling go through my body and like electric feeling from just taking naps together. And I just never felt that with anybody in my life. So I was like, this is something. Did you ever hook up with a woman while you were married? No, never. I never. I don't even think I would have ever had like the opportunity to do that. I would have never cheated on my husband. And I was just like so loyal to him. But I like wasn't even considering women as an option. I just wasn't attracted to men. So I was like, I'm so into my husband, you know, kind of thing. Where I know I never cheated on him. I never hooked up with a woman. You have two kids Mm -hmm. from your marriage Mm -hmm. with your ex-husband. Not only do you have to explain to your children that mom and dad are no longer going to be together. And they have to go through that new way of life. Yeah. Right? It's like never fun. I mean, I come from divorced parents. There are so many children who come from divorced parents, especially these days. But it's no matter what, it's still like a very sensitive, hard conversation. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, they now have to also realize that their mom, who was once with their dad, is now a lesbian. Right. Did you have that conversation with them? So my children are three and five. And at the time, they were two and four when we separated. Funny story, there's a lot of signs that my son, he has a very flamboyant personality. And I don't know what that's going to turn into later down the road. But let's say that he comes out as queer. Nobody would be shocked. And I'm telling you, between 15 and 18 months, I 
had questions about his sexuality, which might be too young for some people. But if you met him, all the signs are there. And I had this extreme guilt. What if he is gay? Because I am gay and it's genetic. My ex and other people are not accepting of people being gay. Or at least he was at the time. I don't know if his opinions have changed since, but at the time he did not accept that. We had gay friends, but if our son were to be gay, that wouldn't be very positive for him. And so I started coming out to my friends saying, what if Charlie is gay because I'm gay and it's my fault? And I had this extreme guilt and I would cry and I was like, my ex doesn't like gay people and like I'm ruining his life. Like he has a gay wife and a gay son and this is not good for him. Fast forward to July of 2021 and my ex-husband came to me and asked for a divorce and it had nothing to do with my sexuality. I would have stayed married to him. I would have had a third child with him and I would have lived what I thought was the perfect American dream because I cared so much about what other people thought about me. Why did he ask for a divorce if it was nothing that had to do with your sexuality? Prior to our divorce, if you would say, how are we on the social scale? I am a 10, the truest extrovert you'd ever meet. He is a negative one. He would tell you, I hate people. I love my alone time. We would not spend any time together. I would always go out and do my own thing with my friends. And I would live my own life separate from my marriage. My marriage was mediocre. We argued all of the time. We had these knockdown, drag out fights that were so unhealthy. And it was so unhealthy for my kids to hear that and raise in this environment where we are just down each other's throats. We brought out the worst in each other. And yeah, we never spent time together. And then we went to Mexico together in May of 2021. And it was a terrible trip for both of us. And I was just out there with my friends and he didn't feel included. And we never had an emotional connection. We never had a sexual connection. So he came to me asking for the divorce, thinking that I would change and I would want to spend time with him. And I didn't. I read Glennon Doyle's Untamed two days later. And I said, I will never be with a man again. And I am happy to get this divorce. I mean, it was complicated because we had kids and I didn't want to leave them. And then he got upset because he was thinking my behavior would have changed and I would have fought for this marriage. What does your relationship look like today? It's improving. I would say that we have come a long way from where we were, but we have very little communication and interaction with each other. And I think we are co-parenting really well together. Okay. Well, good. It's a lot for your wife to have been married to you for nine years and you get a divorce and she comes out as a lesbian and now you think that those last nine years of your life were wasted and they didn't mean anything. And looking back now, I had never been in another relationship and now that I have been in love with somebody, I realized I was never in love with him. But it was one of those things I didn't know until I knew. Of course. I had never been in another relationship. I had never experienced intimacy with anybody until I had my first girlfriend. It's a lot. My quick response to all of that is we all go through hard times. Mm -hmm. We all have to go through situations that sometimes fall apart at the end, but that only makes us stronger coming out of it. Yeah. And look at where you're at now. Yeah. I understand that you have said that you have felt a lot of guilt for a bunch of different reasons, but you need to just let go of that guilt and continue on because... 
right now you're living for you and you're living for your kids. Right. The lack of emotional and sexual connection between you and your husband has nothing to do with where you are right now or, or it doesn't have anything to do with your kids. Right. Well, and my therapist said, had you been straight, I doubt you would have ever married him. And that hit because Ooh, I wouldn't I like have that. been attracted to him in like our drastic personality differences. I would have wanted to be in a relationship with somebody that I wanted to spend time with. My ex-girlfriend, I would have spent every day, every minute of every hour with her. Speaking of your ex-girlfriend. Yeah. I know because you and I have spoken about this. Like, right. You went through a very hard time with that breakup. But there were some great fucking times for you as well with oh, that yeah. relationship. So you're divorced. Okay. And you're like ready to take on the fucking world. Right. Right. I'm out here ready to be a lesbian. Ready to be a hoe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Absolutely. Tell me about those first experiences with a woman. Okay. So it was a disaster. I'm <laughs> a fucking nightmare because I wasn't sexually intimate with my ex-husband. I feel like I hadn't even made out with anybody in nine years. And so I met a girl on TikTok. We talked for like a month and it wasn't supposed to be anything. We weren't supposed to date. We went to a concert together and then that was going to be my first sexual experience. We started making out. That was my first girl kiss and she's like correcting me. And I'm sure I was a terrible fucking kisser because I was so out of the game. And then like I had never sucked on a nipple before. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I had not watched porn before. I don't know. I didn't know what to do. I didn't let my ex-husband suck on my tits because I had breastfed for 30 months of my life. It just wasn't a turn on for me. And so <laughs> she corrects me. She's like, this isn't going well. So then it's time for me to like touch her vagina. And I didn't know what to do. Then she was also on her period. So I was like, do girls touch girls when they're on their period? And she's like, enough is enough. I had no idea what it was doing. That was uncomfortable for both of us that we just stopped hooking up and never talked to her again and did poorly. So then I go on another date with a girl like a week later and we go to hook up and she only does stuff to me and wouldn't let me do anything to her. And she did say I was a good kisser though. So we cuddled all night and I had neck. I'm like barely ever cuddled with my ex-husband. I didn't want to cuddle. And I was like, this is fucking magic. And I said to her, I feel so gay. How do you feel? Because I was her first female date, the first girl she had ever been with. She's like, I'm feeling half gay. I was like, fuck. So the next day she's like, I just want to let you know, I think I'm straight. I love to suck dick. And I was like, okay, cool. So now I am a negative two for two here. Then I meet this girl on the dating app and I don't know if like I knew she was married, but she is a lesbian gynecologist that focuses on lesbians. She was talking to me and she's like, I am married, but we date separately. And I've had these three sexual experiences at this point. And she's like, but you are my wife's type or my partner's type. And I would really get brownie points if I brought you home. And we had a threesome. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do this because I had such terrible experiences. When I hooked up with a girl for the first time, I was shaking. I was so nervous because I was, it was a clusterfuck dumpster fire. And so I was like, I'm going to do this threesome. They both work in healthcare and they sent me articles on how to have sex with a woman and how to have a threesome. I was well prepared going into the threesome. I was pretty much sober. It was a magical fucking experience. 
I didn't go down on either of them, but it was just magical. Cherry by Fletcher comes on over the intercom. I am in my element. And I was like, this is awesome. I wish everybody could see my fucking face right now. <laughs> it was magic. My jaw has been wide open <laughs> for literally a minute and a half. Wild. I was like, I don't even know where to put my fingers. And they were like, I am showing you. And I was like, okay, cool. I was asking questions. I don't know. There were so many things I wanted to know. It seems like at that stage of where you were, you were going to be very receptive mm -hmm. to someone educating you on how to basically be mm -hmm. a great lesbian in bed, mm -hmm. right? So I'm proud of you for that, actually. Like, just throwing yourself out there, no matter if the experience ended poorly, <laughs> you still trekked on and you didn't give up. And here you are. It gets better. So the next day... I'm going on a first date with a girl. Let me clarify. The next day after the threesome. Yeah. Not even okay. 24 hours later, like 12 hours later. It's a Sunday night. I go on a first date with a girl. I actually didn't think I was like the let me kiss on the first date kind of person. I probably am not. I go out with her, not expecting anything, but it's going well. We go bowling. And there's a couple that starts cheering for us. Next thing I know, they're talking to us, they're buying us drinks, and we find out that they're bisexual swingers. I am so naive to know where this is going. They invite us to their apartment across the street. We go back, and I have a fucking foursome. The next day? The next day. I had a threesome, and then I had a foursome. So that was the first time I had went down on a girl, and I just did it, and I was like, this is fucking magical. But one was a male and I said, I'm a lesbian. I don't do men. And then I started fucking throwing up as soon as he came into play. So it was really just me and the two girls. And then I met my ex-girlfriend um, nine days later. <laughs> and then that was it. All right. So you meet your ex-girlfriend nine days later. Mm -hmm. She captivated you. From the first minute we talked. How did you meet? Hinge. And she is 10 years younger than me. And I, I did not mean to be dating anybody younger than 30. How old was she? 23. She was 23 when you met. And I was 33. And off the bat, you told her that you have an ex-husband and you have kids. Mm -hmm. She knew literally the first three sentences. I'm 10 years older than you. I have two kids. Yeah. <laughs> no I wasted no time. Here. Fell head and over heels in love with her. You fell head over heels in love with her, but she was not out to her family, correct? No, she's still not. She's still not out to her parents. For everyone listening, I don't want to seem like we're rushing through Lindsay's story, but in a sense, we also are working against time because Lindsay's literally going to the airport in 20 minutes. <laughs> yes. So number one, I'm having you back to, mm -hmm. like I said, go into detail. But two, what about her made her different than all of the other dates that you had went on? Well, there was like only a handful of dates, but something was different from her that I, I just had never felt with anybody in my life. And I felt like we just had instant connection, instant chemistry, just like this banter between us where we were going back and forth. It was a good time. It was fun. There was like a lot of laughter. I felt like there was a good balance. Our first date lasted seven hours, as any lesbian first date does. And I was her first girl that she slept with. I'm her only girlfriend. She's my only girlfriend at the time. 
So you have this whole relationship. How long did you date? On and off for one year. She broke up with me three times. And was it always because she was questioning herself regarding her sexuality? The first time I think it was like some peer influence and, you know, she just wasn't comfortable with herself being gay and accepting herself. I felt like maybe she had some shame there. The age gap. I don't think that's a problem for her. Her type is older women, but it's more so like we're just at different points in our life. Like I own a home and I have like a secure job and things like that where she was in school and she was getting ready to graduate in May. Then she was going on her field work rotations and then she was going to be moving home with her parents living in the closet. And then she didn't know where she was going to live after she graduated and then she ended up moving to Chicago area and I live in Indy and I don't think she ever wants to move to Indiana and because I have kids I can't move I mean she just wants to be 24 and be young and have fun and she doesn't want to settle down with the first girl that she's ever been with how do you feel about the situation today I'm still very heartbroken over it do you speak to her at all um, I accidentally called her when I was drunk on Thursday. Casual. And FaceTimed her. She's very good at being no contact and like not talking to me. I am not as good with this self-control. She's really good at self-control and she gives me a lot of grace, probably more so than she should. Well, from what you and I have spoken about, mm-hmm. again, privately, mm-hmm. it seems like She's very much, like you said, a 24-year-old who's just looking to live life and not necessarily be emotionally or physically committed to someone. Right. I also think that because of maybe what you were looking for with her. Mm -hmm. It was more serious for me. Than it was for her. Yeah. And I don't want to discount her feelings, but I just think that we have this like undeniable connection and I still feel right now where I'm at in my three months since we broke up that how am I ever going to have this kind of connection with somebody else but she's my first love my first woman the way you felt when you broke up Mm -hmm. which time this final time okay because I feel like it was the most real for you right Uh, yeah this time there was no hope of us getting back together she has told me we will never get back together I just want to be at that place already where I don't long for a future with her. We're only three months into this breakup and I'm still crying about it. I just worry like how would I ever experience intimacy like that that I had with her with somebody else. I get that. And I think a lot of people go through an experience like that with one person Mm -hmm. in their life. It was just so deep on so many levels. And she played such a significant role in my life because of where I was at coming out of a marriage of nine years, coming into who I am, moving out on my own. I had such a big adjustment period in my life. So she was so significant for me. I think that's exactly it. Yeah. And I think you need to look at it in that context of when you started falling for her. I was trauma bonding to her. Right. Absolutely. And I think you were living in your own reality Mm -hmm. where you were in love with the idea of her. Like when I was crying to my mom about my first ex-girlfriend, she was like, Bianca, I really think you were in love with the idea of what you could have been. 
mm-hmm. if it worked out rather than what the reality is right in front of your fucking face. Right. The reality is that she does not choose you. If she wanted you, she would be here. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And that's not the reality. So we hold on to this false view mm-hmm. of whatever our hearts are aching for at that moment. Mm-hmm. But I think that's also the time where you experience the most growth Mm -hmm. if you pick yourself out of it Mm -hmm. to basically say I'm gonna go out I'm gonna go and connect with other people one day it's going to come at you out of nowhere where you're going to get lost in someone else and it's gonna be the most beautiful thing that you've ever experienced because while my first ex-girlfriend did not choose me and she was telling me like I can't do this I can't be with you I can't tell my family etc etc why would I want to be with someone who doesn't choose me right? or who doesn't choose us? Right. You want to be in a relationship where that person is choosing you every single day and there are no external factors that are going to change their mind. Right. And you know, I think so highly of her because to be 24 and choose herself, like I am so proud of her. And she said, like, I can't give you what you want. And I think you deserve better than what I can give you. And like, that's got to be hard for her. I just I have the utmost respect for her. No breakup is ever super clean cut. Mm -hmm. And you said you guys broke up like three times. Yeah, three times. Did you ever meet up just to have sex? Absolutely. The only reason I have a minivan is to fuck in it. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Your kids sit in those seats. Uh, I took the seats down oh and it turns into God. like a queen or king size bed at that point. So we broke up three times and each time I would take her on these breakup trips. We broke up the week that we went to the Fletcher concert together and we had sex right after listening to sex with my ex. In August, we broke up and we had a last hurrah weekend. At one point, I drove and I met her around where her grandparents live. It was like a little bit over a two-hour drive. And we just fucked in the minivan all day. I will tell you, it was the best sex of our whole relationship. When I'm sad, for some reason, it fucking triggers something. It was emotional and raw. And I thought that was the last time I was ever going to see her. But it was magic. And then the most recent time we met up for New Year's weekend and we just had a lot of sex. Then we sat in the car and cried for an hour. I've not seen her since. And I think I create a 10 out of 10 breakup experience. So anybody out there, (laughs) breakup sex is great. Like, have you experienced some like so toxic on so many levels and I'm here for it. I support it. Like, have you done that? Have you met up with an ex? Yes. Is that normal in the lesbian community? Am I going to do this every time I break up with somebody? I think it's natural human behavior, honestly. When your emotions are running so high, you want what you can't have. Mm -hmm. And that intensifies the organic chemistry between two people, I think. Mm -hmm. So when you're in that moment having sex with someone you know you shouldn't be, it just naturally makes it 10 times fucking better. It's just funny, this dynamic from being with my ex-husband, who I never had sex with, to being a freak in the sheet. My sex drive, I feel like a 16-year-old teenage boy. I love it. And I'm literally living my dream life. And so I'm just going to focus on me and do my own thing now. Fuck yeah. So That makes me so happy for you. I can't thank you enough for coming here today, being vulnerable, telling the world 
the history of you because people follow you on TikTok, mm-hmm. but they don't know that background right. of what your story is. So right. thank you for being in this space and sharing that. You're welcome. It's been a wild ride. My life is like pure chaos all the time. But same, same. Yeah. Throw up the fucking deuces. Yeah. And yeah. Keep moving. <laughs> Lindsay, you're going to be back here in June, correct? Mm-hmm. Pride yeah. Month in New York. Yes. Where the fuck is everybody going out? Let's meet up. If you see Lindsay and I out, you know what to do. <laughs> you know what to do. <laughs> Bye, guys.